and uh, what what do what do we call ourselves dude gyan samosas wait what gyan 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 samosa hi anirudh hey ritika how are you i'm doing well super tired because i have a lot of assignments and lots of work in general but uh, still pulling through what about you you and me both um well my class started a week ago and we have this thing called shopping week so we are just figuring out what classes we are going to take for uh, this semester that's nice um so shopping week is essentially where you shop for your classes and then decide what you want to pick is that is that what it means yeah yeah exactly exactly so we are i think offered with like 12 13 courses of which we're supposed to choose six to eight classes and depending on what we want or like what classes we want to do this semester we do that okay that's interesting So uh, today we have a very interesting episode lined up. We're going to be talking about relationships, uh, the one that you have with your parents, your sibling, your uh, teachers, as well as your friends, right? And uh, sorry, I forgot one: your romantic relationships. Lovely. So Definitely we- a very interesting topic. Definitely a very interesting topic. Um, so. very rocky one too but let's dive right into it yeah uh, i hope you're going to spill some tea because um, life is boring now i need some entertainment patiri of course <laughs> um i will try to keep it as personal but also not as personal you know yeah got you okay so let's start with so parenting what what do you have to say about parenting and what's your view point on parenting i think it's very essential in one's life because it lays that basic uh, foundation no that helps them build their personality helps you mold as a person in some aspects don't you think so i i agree uh, if you think about it over uh, as you grow you usually i mean at your base personality is a mix of your mothers and fathers or the people that you live in like your house and if i take myself as a personal example i i would definitely say my core values are definitely a part of my fathers a part of my mothers a part of my grandmothers and i think it's something that we can definitely dwell upon yeah that makes sense i believe that a lot of your uh, social skills and your communication skills and the way you handle situation your emotions and your temperament is very dependent upon parenting which is why they say parenting is so important especially in the initial few years because a few things can really scar you as like as a child that can have a severe impact when you are an adult you know what i mean so yeah it's pretty interesting but um, there's this new concept of uh, modern parenting have you heard of it 
I have definitely heard of the term, and uh, it's a it's a weird experience because uh, when we see kids half our age and when how their parents react to the stupid shit that they did compared to the stupid the same stupid shit that we did, we got whacked with the chopper, and they don't. Yeah. So yeah. I um, I have these cousins, okay, who are like really young, go to preschool and all. Apparently, the teachers tell the parents that they shouldn't be hitting their child, but uh, they should be talking to them, empathizing with them, understanding where they're coming from, you know? But I think the wax really played an, played an important role in our lives, man. I wouldn't be like this if I didn't get whacked. <laughs> Probably be a spoiled brat. You and me both. I personally think they should be whacked until they're preteens. Then, as a parent, you should start empathizing and listening to them. Until then, don't give a shit about what they have to say or like do anything. Just go whack them, put them in their place. Once they can actually think for themselves, that's when you go talk to them. You know? Yeah, I mean, don't be an absolute terror to your kids. Not like my parents. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the kid is, but like personally, I think that there should be this fine balance between uh, uh, being a friendly parent and being this strict authoritative one. Because if there's no fine balance, then you're probably going to be like, oh, my parent is too strict, I'm going to rebel. Or my parent's too sweet, I'm going to take them for granted. You know what I mean? I think that's that's very debatable because if your parents are way too sweet and they're like, oh yeah, you're allowed to do this, when they allow you to do this and then you see 99% of your friends, their parents are always whacking them or telling no to them. That's why they want to do it more. But when, once your parents are like, oh yeah, you're allowed to do it, but like or to a certain extent, don't harm yourself, don't harm anyone else, but keep your limits, do whatever you're doing. Then, then you have this sense of weird balance in, in, inside you where you're like, shit, I'm allowed to do this. Now I don't want to do this. And I see other parents telling them not to do. So basically, if they do it, they're a disappointment to their parents. I don't want to be that disappointment, even though I'm allowed to do. So you like have like a fine sense of where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, that also depends on person to person. So you know me, my parents are pretty chill that way. So there's this uh, certain sense of responsibility that comes in you that you're like, you know what, they're so chill. And they let me do whatever I like. So I don't really want to take this um, for granted. Don't want to um, bring bring down my value or their value or what they're giving me, the freedom that they're giving me. And don't want to take them for granted. So it's like this extra sense of responsibility that I have that I don't want to disappoint them and make them feel bad about anything. Always want to keep them proud. Exactly what I'm saying to like, my point exactly like so when when you're allowed to do it like i think people just want what they can't do you know the more you said no the more you want to do it yeah there's a saying not ki um if you hold some sand in your hand the tighter you hold it the more it like falls or they also mm-hmm. say that the tighter you hold on to the reins of a horse the, the second you let it loose, the horse is never going to come back. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, with whatever you're doing, 
whether relationships or not for the longest time you don't want to be put in bounds because when you're doing something if you're stopped and this is with respect to relationships with your parents right that if they keep saying no to you and you think they don't show any affection that's when you want to rebel and that's when you start doing stupid things and you do the right opposite of what you're expected to do right so um, then again there's different ways that indian parents especially show affection how you showed affection um it's uh, it's very hard to explain um at least in my house i personally would say my relationship with my parents is not that great so we don't talk much in my house at least and every time i get i talk it's usually when i want something for like my personal needs or my something related to college or school right and and if it's something like for leisure i usually use, used to get whack like you don't need it like maybe once in a while yeah we'll do something nice for you otherwise absolutely not it's just a big fat no to you right um uh, <laughs> but then um then again i feel like uh, my mom uh she's she's the more like holding back and but she has lots of love in her she's like this giant bear but like it's like uh, she'd be like ritika why don't you comb your hair you look like baba ramdev you look like you're, you're like in malayalam for bear they say karadi so you look like a karadi <laughs> comb your hair penne and i'm like mamma but then you know when when i actually like comb my hair and look nice on some days you know like like special occasions uh and she she i'll be like mama am i looking good she'd be like hey, you look fine mama do i look pretty <laughs> yeah fine <laughs> i'm like mama accept it <laughs> but you know that's that's but then like uh sometimes i sneak into a phone okay so then i check her chats she sends her, her, her friends pictures of mine and then she's like sitting dressed <laughs> and i'm like hmm <laughs> why can't you just tell me that i look pretty instead of showing off <laughs> but it's very cute good that's that's very adorable uh i think that's when you know maybe you should like butter your mother up a little bit and say hey you know what i look pre- pretty because of you like i got your jeans butter up a little bit <laughs> i always tell both my parents this okay always... smile on her face man yeah i always tell both my parents this i'm like I look good today. They're like, yeah. Like, and my dad will accept it also. Okay. And then I'll be like, uh, you know why? He's like, why? I'm like, uh, I said. And then I'll be like, thank you. Okay. He's like, for what? I'm like, for giving me the jeans. <laughs> and he'll be like, hmm, true. Mama is very pretty, and I'm very handsome. So no wonder. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is that is very very adorable. Um. Also. uh i'm a single child i mean i don't have siblings i'm the only child very pampered <laughs> but you have a sibling i mean i love him but uh, the minute he was born man he stole all my attention away started off uh i mean the first 6 years of his life 
I was uh, very excited. I'd come back from school. I see him on the cradle. I'll go kiss the guy. I'll be like, shit, I have a little brother. And I'm very excited every time I go to school. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm so happy. I'm going home like my baby brother's there. But uh, after a while, you know, then then it just got too much. Like he, he gets all the attention. Like every time we went to uh, our cousin's place or whatever, like they want to talk to him. They want to like play with him. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, hi, I exist too. Please talk to me. <laughs> and uh, but yes, then I look at him and he gets away with 99% of all the things. I remember doing very idiotic shit and I would get belted, literally a belt on my ass. Not fun. My brother does the same damn thing and and my parents don't say anything and I, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at them and I'm like, aren't you gonna like whack him for what he's done? Like, please put him in his place. And they'll be like, no, he's growing. It's okay. Like, it's whatever. And I'm like, no, that's not cool, dude. I got whacked. I got hit by a chuckle, a belt, and a bamboo stick. Like, no, please. <laughs> Whack him too. <laughs> but then again, I'm kind of envious that you have someone to fight with and also someone to give advice to. You know, you can be the big brother. Literally, I have no one to fight with. I always end up fighting with my dog. I'm like, you're sitting there too too peacefully, okay? I'm doing all the work. Get up and do something. Stop eating and sleeping. The dog's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, I, I, don't you, don't you get I wish I could. big brotherly feelings and you, that you get to advice? Uh, Definitely not uh, there yet. There's a difference of six and a half years uh, with him. And uh, I've been getting close to him over quarantine. But uh, again, we've taken a step back because uh, I still feel like he's a child who goes and tells my mother everything. And uh, I made a small mistake of uh, maybe telling him a little too much. And uh, he might have like snitched out on me. <laughs> and uh, so not there yet, definitely. So once when he's in like 11th or 12th is when I'd want to talk to him and be that big brother. You know, I always wanted like a younger sister so that um, I could be the, you know what I did once? Uh, <laughs> I was so obsessed with the idea of having a younger sibling. Uh, I was in uh, Montessori, right? I went to my teacher's staff room and I told all of them that I had a baby sister, okay? All of them, believe me, they're like, oh, tell congratulations to mama, dada. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And then there's this one teacher who would come back home with me in the same bus, okay? And she used to get off at my stop. So then I told her, don't you want to come and see my younger sister? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? And I think she got chocolates or something and she came home, okay? My grandparents are like, why is the teacher home? I'm like, wait, wait, I'll go get a young, my younger sister. She's sleeping. And guess what I got her? A doll. Yeah. So I had this pink baby doll that was wrapped in like a towel. <laughs> and then I got this doll out. And the teacher, I don't remember her exact expression, but I'm probably sure that she was super pissed. And she's like wondering, why did I listen to this child and come to her house, especially with chocolates? 
And you know, another thing that I did as a child, I was a very mischievous one, okay? So uh, there's this point where I was like, I'm going to collect all the chocolates in my house. I mean, all the chocolates I got in my house in this bag, keep it in the fridge. And I used to tell everybody who came home, uh, I'm saving these chocolates for my children. Say what? <laughs> yeah. So I think I saved uh, chocolates uh, for one year or something for my children. And I used to, uh, when I was in Montessori again, I used to go to the principal's office every lunch break. And you know, there's these kids who had their birthdays, they'd give chocolates to her, right? I'd be like, give me the chocolates. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah, dude, she gave me chocolates every lunch break. I used to go every lunch break. I used to get chocolates every lunch break. And I'd come back home, put it in that bag, never eat them. And um, once there's this guest who came home and my grandparents were telling this lady that uh, she's saving chocolates for her children. <laughs> the lady told me, if you save chocolates, for your children this way they're going to be worms in the chocolates and your children will never get to eat them i'm like oh no so many chocolates will go waste guess what ritika krishna did gave the chocolates to everyone or ate it in the next one or two days i finished chocolates that i'd saved over a span of one year <laughs> just give me a second i'm still processing it <laughs> But okay. I was so naughty. And I, I think all my friends are witness to this. Um, especially the ones that I grew up with. Uh, what kind of a child were you when you were younger? Uh, I was definitely the child that got uh, hit on like a daily basis. Because I would end up doing something or the other. Uh, I think the one thing that will stay in everyone's mind is uh, once my mother went down, we, we lived in this house where like we had tenants living downstairs and I was living on top. And the person who was living downstairs, uh, he was of my age. And my mother went down to their house to get something. And this kid was grounded and he ran into my house. It's like, whatever. I was so excited. And he had a bunch of... Uh, you know, in the bathtub, you put that stopper uh, for, for the, to fill the water in the top, right? So he had like a bag of them. I Don't even ask me why he had like a bag of those. And I locked the door, like the main door, locked my mother out. We went to every basin, every area where there's a hole and we stopped it, right? And we opened all the taps. We flooded the entire house. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There was water seeping from the main door. And the amount of people that came in, they were trying to open the door. And I remember this one uncle just screaming at me to open the door. And we were looking at the guy and we were like, no. <laughs> and we're just doing our thing. Because I'm on the floor and I'm just like, oh shit, swimming pool in the living room. And... Uh, why are you doing this? This dude gets a fishing uh, pole and he's trying to like get the keys, right? While he's doing this, this guy, my friend who's there in the house with me when we flooded the house, he runs, he takes the keys 
and he puts it on the dining table which is on the other side now they can't do anything about it and <laughs> we just flooded the entire apartment until my mother started screaming i didn't open the door that's when i think i opened it <laughs> oh my god okay i wasn't that naughty and uh, uh i didn't have that uh, mischievous friends but you know what i did once uh, when i was in uh, again montessori <laughs> i um, we had sports day okay and it was in this ground and uh, we had to sit on the ground with a white uniform i don't know why and what logic that was but yeah we were sitting on like a mud ground with our white uniforms and then there was this uh, chief guest or somebody was giving a speech i was one of the tallest girls i was standing the like end of the line and there was this girl in front of me we were sitting right uh she was sitting right in front of me and her pockets were wide open <laughs> okay like i could see her pockets like everything inside i'm like uh, what do i do i'm bored i i was like playing with the sand and i'm like <laughs> I took all the sand and I started filling up pockets with the sand, <laughs> and they were full. And this girl didn't realize. Then I don't know what happened. But uh, she didn't realize. Oh wait! Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, her uh, pockets were filled with sand, and she had no clue. Man. This is making me miss my childhood, man. Had a lot of fun thinking about it. What about your school? I mean, yeah, I mean that definitely gets to the point where uh, you're like, did that? Uh, did did people around you shape you as the person you are? Because I personally think everyone's just a chapter in the book that you're writing. and they're helping you become you deep and i'm sorry i said deep because you know in this book some chapters are beautiful and long and then they are really close to your heart and then there are some chapters that you just have to skip through like huh? skim through it fast don't read <laughs> i mean only if that was the case it's those chapters that you want to skip through fast goes the slowest yeah but then those are also the ones that make you you know because without the hardships you'd probably just be this this kid who doesn't know anything about life and is super surfaced you know what i mean yeah yeah i do and that that also gets me you know uh speaking of montessori obviously we have middle school and high school right well being in middle school i was in a class of six students three guys three girls right so obviously my world was small and my growth was also small and then moving to high school 11th and 12th grade i now i'm in a school where there are like 400 damn students and that's all like i'm i'm in a class of 30 students and i'm excited as hell because i'm like holy shit so many faces so many new people like i want to be everyone's friend and i'm i'm pretty sure like people would agree to this that i was that annoying kid that just like go around jumping from person to person just like trying to be everyone's friend talking to everyone and i'm just like hey guys like come on talk to me like i didn't have that experience because in middle school since it's like six people i see like 
the other five people every day. I look at them, I'm like, hey, what's up? I can talk to you for a while. I can talk to you for a while. I mean, literally can count you guys with my fingers. But when in high school, like I'm just jumping around, like that also give me like, that helped me grow in, in, in a way. Cause now I'm just not like bounded to five personalities. It's more of like a lot of people. Yes, Ritika. That's exactly, uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So do you think uh, talking to multiple people make, made you have several personalities? I think it's definitely helped me learn more skills and more ways of being myself. Because now if I'm, if I'm only given a specific set of, I mean, a handful of whatever that you're giving, right? And I'm just like, okay, these are the five options I get to work with, or this is the handful of options that I get to work with. So whatever you do, it's always a two-way street. There's nothing that's a one-way street. And so now you have like, it's, it's just a limited set. Now that you're exposed to like hundreds of people, and like hundreds of different ways, it just makes you discover yourself in more ways than you know. Right, and I also feel like you would know several, like several uh, ways of handling different kind of people. You know what I mean? Because you've seen a lot of personalities and been with them closely. Uh, I was kind of the opposite in school. I mean, I've always been extroverted, you know me, but uh, I had this one best friend growing up um, in school and she really helped me um, mold my personality. Like if you meet her, I mean, you have met her. We're literally the same soul in different bodies. So I've got my lameness from her. But then again, uh, I've gotten my confidence also from her because I wouldn't crack these lame jokes in the first place. Right? Uh, she laughed at all of my lame jokes, which is why I thought my jokes are super funny, you know? So I come to I came to a college and I started cracking these jokes and people are looking at me like, you think you're funny? I'm like, yeah, dude. For like ten years of my life, my best friend's been laughing at my jokes. Of course, I'm hilarious. I'm like, no, you're not funny. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> it's mean. But then again, um, uh, that uh, that sense of responsibility. She's a very studious person. So that uh, that kind of motivated me. Her confidence motivated me. So. Yeah, we grew up together and I'm thankful to have grown up with her. So if Dash 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 is watching, thank you. <laughs> um, I wish I could say that. Uh, but I think I definitely give uh, a lot of people credits to the person that I am today. And I, I generally don't think that I would be me if it just were like, for one or two specific people because I was definitely that person who like jumped around because I wouldn't stick to like obviously I had my core group of people where I would want to hang out with and like always spend my time talk to them but I also like really liked talking to everyone and anyone at all times because I would put myself out there even when I didn't have that social energy i would be out there like trying to speak with one or the other because i've also like there have been experiences where 
I was at a spot where I've always thought, you know, like it's it's this huge FOMO feeling to a certain extent, but also not a FOMO feeling because I've realized like talking to a lot of people, a lot of people are going to have different perspectives to it. And every time I had like a bad, uh, I think, talk, wait, before I get to that, like while, while talking to a lot of people, I became more self-aware and that also brought in the concept of self-love. And this is uh, probably a little of... <laughs> I was going to talk about self-love yeah. in the next segment. I was going to talk about self-love in our next segment. Uh, when you were going to talk about uh, your uh, one and only, I was going to talk about my one and only, which is me. <laughs> I was very excited for that. All right, all right. All right. Um, how about we just transition into that now then? Yeah, that's great. But uh, before we transition onto that, uh, there's one more thing that I'd like to cover. Hmm. I don't think a lot of people really... Um, give their teachers credits for uh, who they are. And I think teachers also play a very, very important role in molding you into a person, which is why schooling in general is such an important phase of one's life. Because if you see different people from different schools, you can actually tell the difference. And that's how you know which school's good and which school's not, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> don't want to explicitly accept that, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. But uh, definitely, like, there was, um, I think that that's why a lot of people found me weird because me coming from, like, a school of, like, six students and going to a school of, like, 400 students now, and they're just like, bro, like, this is normal. Like, every time I got invited to a party or whatever, like a birthday party or whatever, uh, to hang out with a lot of people, I'd be very excited. And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a normal thing that we do anyways. And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> no, this is like first experience for me. So yes, I want to be like out there, like doing my thing. You know. Yeah. So uh, now, since I spoke about teachers and it's Teachers Day today, uh, if any teachers are listening to this podcast or uh, any teachers are watching the video, <laughs> Happy Teachers Day! And you're an amazing teacher. And uh, Happy Teachers Day! Yes. Yeah, and keep building people because I think that's amazing. And uh, the level of patience you have is commendable. I don't think I'd ever have that amount of patience, yeah. I definitely think teachers are underrated and they're not given enough love for what they do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And uh, I feel like they're not even given uh, that much respect for what they do. It's when, you, when you're older, you realize that uh, shouldn't have troubled her that much. And she, she was boring, but... Uh, you know what? She was actually a nice teacher. <laughs> dude, dude, I agree. Uh, yeah, some teachers just like make a huge impact, you know, like there are certain things that they say at certain times. They probably might just think, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm telling this like I would tell any other child. And But what they don't realize is that Sometimes when they say it, like it hits you home and you're like, shit, that makes so much sense. And I appreciate for that. Dude, you know what? I had this one teacher, okay? She was an English teacher. She's, she's amazing. She's an amazing person. She's like so much fun to be around, okay? So uh, she, uh, she, uh, in one class, she told us, so there are many people I know 
who get really upset when one person rejects them and then they go up on a tree or the, up on a window sill and they jump down because they're so heartbroken but uh, i'd like to tell you this instead of jumping off the window sill take binoculars and sit there and look for other people there are plenty of fish in the sea <laughs> and we we lost it and like what is she saying because i think we were in 7th or 8th and we're like what is she but now that i think about it hmm smart that makes sense no definitely dude i think all english teachers are just cool in general uh, they're so laid back they're so chill they're like talking about uh, binoculars and looking for other people do you want to talk about romantic relationships now <laughs> where again again where you talk about the one and i talk about my one <laughs> Okay, let's start off with the most important kind of love. Uh, uh, this is what's called self-love, which is pretty underrated. But I think self-love is the first step uh, to you knowing yourself because it's very essential for you to know yourself. And if you don't like yourself, who will? <laughs> you know. So uh, this entire. So I think you should appreciate yourself. celebrate yourself and then let others celebrate you <laughs> self love is the best love speaking of self love um here's a fun fact about me i am a big big crier the slightest inconvenient thing that happens to me on the outside i might look like i'm not bothered I'd go back home, close my door, and I'd start crying, you know, and then start thinking of sad scenarios, listening to sad songs, watching a sad movie, and I'm just crying my heart out, like you know, crying. And so, again, like if I'm sad, right, I would go into the bathroom, wash my face, and then I look look myself into the mirror, and I'm like, "Don't worry, man. Like if no one loves you, you still love yourself. I love you." And I would kiss myself. What? Fun fact, more like a weird fact, but still, self-love is the best love, dude. You gotta love yourself first before you can love someone else. I mean, I love myself a lot, but not so much to kiss myself in the mirror, Pakiri. <laughs> it's the narcissism at its epitome. Uh, evidently. <laughs> you know, a lot of people also say that. Um, till you love yourself completely it's impossible for for you to get into a relationship i mean you might get into a relationship but maybe that relationship won't last long because you have these insecurities and uh, you know that could tamper your relationship do you think that's true i definitely agree with that because once you love yourself then you realize how you want to treat yourself then when you love someone else and when they don't treat you the way you would treat yourself is when then you know that's when you need to let that person go because if you don't love yourself and you just get into a relationship at first which is 99.9% of the people they just like 
it it doesn't work out maybe in some cases it works out because like whatever but to be honest like if you really think about it it usually doesn't wouldn't you agree yeah uh, it makes sense because uh, but then one more thing that i'd like to say is that love is blinding so sometimes when people don't treat you right you're like i love this person i'm just going to uh, uh, forgive him or her for whatever she's doing maybe he or she will change you know okay this is more like a very personal uh, outlook to it or something that i've realized um uh, guy girl male female when when you're like small children in montessori you have no problem talking to each other hanging out with each other till let's say second grade or something then you have the cootie stage where you're like yuck girls are weird guys are weird and then you have this stage where your body starts taking over and you're like shit that person's pretty that person's cute whatever and then you want each other again and this is where you're supposed to learn self love but then you're like whatever and then you go to the other person hey you want to be my girlfriend boyfriend now your girlfriend boyfriend and then for a while you're dating and then they're like okay we need to break out college then you go out explore yourself that's when you learn i think that's when as a person everyone learns like when you grow up but that that one buffer stage is there where you're just like shit dude i need to be in a relationship because that's how it is um don't you have that analogy that you keep talking about that chair one what is it i forgot right 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 so i i saw this in the movie so <clears throat> when you I, i think it's a movie with uh, shahrukh khan and ali but i don't remember what it, uh, what it's called but uh, he says this really amazing thing where uh, i think ali but goes to him and says oh hey you know what like I don't find a stable relationship because like I'm jumping from one person to the other. And then this dude is just like dude, let's think of it this way. You walk into a store, you want to buy a chair. You just don't buy one particular chair. Now you have varieties of chair, chairs. And you sit on one, maybe that's too soft. You sit on the other, maybe that's too hard. You sit on one, it's probably too right. And <laughs> that's when you will realize what you want because you know if you don't experience 1 to 10 how do you know what you want true but also i feel like there's some people who know exactly what they want uh and uh, they know which chair they want and the specification the height and all they go to the store and then they find that chair and they they just have this emotional connection with it and they're like i want this chair even though you're a little creaky it's fine but you're the perfect chair for me obviously obviously like you have your point there and yeah different people are different ways like maybe person a might walk into the store and they're like oh hey i have a specific chair in my mind person b says oh i need a chair so you go to the store and you find varieties of it then this person see where you don't want a chair but you just go in there and you're like oh shit so many chairs which one do i want now so it's it's about your perspective to it and 
have realized, I think I have officially figured out to get your crush. Really? Spill the tea. Oh, yes. I want to know. I okay. want to know. <laughs> okay. One minute. So. Not like yes. I have any crushes, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> okay. So, this is a secret, right? But now I want the public to know. Are you ready? So, if you like someone, shower them with attention, go to them, say that, you know, say that you love them, like, oh shit, like you're so great. Then suddenly stop giving them attention. Okay. Give attention to someone else. That's when they are like, what the hell? Why do you like that person? You, you used to like me. <laughs> then they'll come to you. They'll be like, hey, what? Like, why are you talking to them? I'm like, I think I like you now. And then you're just going to be like, dude, when I showered you with attention, you didn't want me. Now I like that person. Now this is when you like me. Then when you're giving <laughs> your attention to the other person, you just stop and you're like, oh, dude, there you go. You, you got know, the goal. This has a term. It's called being hot and cold. <laughs> well, definitely works, dude. Now that I think of it, I had my first girlfriend in seventh grade and uh, dude, had a crush on her in sixth grade. Went to her, I was like, hey, I like you, but like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Didn't work out. She's like, yeah, no, like, I don't want to be in a relationship. It's like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. This was towards the end of sixth grade. Seventh grade, when it started, didn't give her any attention went around talking to other people. Suddenly two of her friends come to me. They're like, hey dude, she wants to talk to you. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? She's like, I like you. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't hit me then, but uh, definitely guys, if you ever like a girl, shower her with attention for like a month, then stop, go talk to someone else. That's when she's going to come to her. Never works. Like, I mean, I feel like this is such a sensitive topic to talk about. The number of people that's going to be bad when I say, <laughs> since I've said this aloud, like, please don't attack me. It's just something that I've noticed. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. I think it's facts. I mean, it makes total sense because uh, you kind of uh, value something when you lose it, no? Or you're scared of losing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you think playing hard to get is, is like a thing that really makes someone attractive? Or do you think it's... Um, It definitely works, but it's a big turn off when you overdo it. Yeah. Like maybe the first few times you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, great. Like who doesn't like a challenge? You always want something that you can't get. Like that's how as humans we are hardwired as. But uh, once you overdo it, like that's when you're like, dude, this is just like, whatever like you're trying too hard like obviously like we've heard a lot of people say and i'm pretty sure like we ourselves would have said like okay now now this is like too much like dude like you need to know where to draw the line like i get it like play hard to get because it works like the chase is fun <laughs> definitely <laughs> so sorry continue it's it's definitely fun but uh when 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 it's too much that's that's when you're like yeah dude i'm not interested in you like you're 
this is too much of work like that's not how it's supposed to be yeah because uh, i feel like when you over invest your time and energy into a person you feel uh, drained out after a point and you're like eh, no you're not that attractive anymore you know hmm. it's then, not just about attraction physically physically emotionally also yeah emotional attraction is a thing mm-hmm. have you watched indian matchmaking don't get me started dude this is one dude i, I need someone who is mentally and physically attractive <laughs> he's not that attractive okay let's not get into that but um so is that all the uh, romantic advice that you have uh yeah i think uh, that's about it so i think that ends uh, the second episode part 2 it's been um, a long episode we've talked a lot <laughs> i think almost an hour yeah an hour and few minutes so <laughs> I mean who was listening and if you survived this long well kudos to you yeah i think it was uh, uh, interesting towards the end <laughs> lot of juicy juicy <laughs> i think that's when you just like getting into it you were warming up to like juicy topics i can't wink i tried to wink that was such a fail did you see that <laughs> i know i did not notice but uh, i think you should give it a go oh do you wait priya prakash warriors and <laughs> i think we should end this podcast now so i'm ritika krishna and i'm anirudh pateri and where gyan samosas signing off bye bye see you gyan samosas